0: Your hour of thrive time begins now with your host, Jay Mamey, on the Jay Mamey Talk Show. The Jay Mamey Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamey Talk Show. You are now entering your hour of thrive time. I'm thankful that you're joining us today. And boy, I've got to tell you something. We've got one heck of a show today. If you are a returning listener, you're in for a treat. If you are a new listener, you are in for an even bigger treat as we are going to deliver yet another hour of Thrive Minded Contact with three phenomenal guests today that are going to pour into you their wisdom and their experiences so that you can thrive at your next level. And before we get into all that, folks, let me, introduce, let, me let you know that if you've not had a chance to catch our prior episodes, you can catch them at the jmaymetalkshow.com. Go there and click onto the archive section. You'll find all of our episodes from our season one, which we just wrapped up. Last Sunday, and we're excited about that. And season two, here we go. But a fantastic show today! Also, make sure that you check me out at thejmamey.com. Go to thejmamey.com, that's my personal site. You'll have a chance to look me up and find all of my material, my books, my blogs, my sales training course that's upcoming. You'll find tremendous value there as well. But I want to dive into our first guest today as we are introducing to the show someone that is an absolute phenomenon. Daniel Gomez is not only one of the world's top business uh, executive coaches, but he also is the podcaster of the year. He's a recipient of the podcaster of the year. He's one of the uh, top executive coaches, voted top 20 for executive coaching. He's a tremendous keynote speaker. He's a best-selling international author. And he has a consulting company called Shield of Faith Coaching. And it's very hard not to find Daniel Gomez online somewhere, speaking somewhere, helping companies, helping individuals. His podcast show, The Daniel Gomez Inspire Show, again, as I mentioned, is one of the top podcast shows, and he's a recipient of the top podcast show, and we're lucky to have him on the show today. Very excited to hear from him. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Jay, man. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm
1: excited, man. It's been a great morning so far, so I'm ready to rock and roll and add some more value to your audience, man.
0: Brother, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to en- to enlighten and to really spark with your energy Uh, our listeners today, but before we dive into a bunch of things that I want to chat with you about, can you tell us a little bit about your story? Man, I'm just a gentleman who loves people. I thought I had it all figured
1: out, like most of us businessmen and women, and when life comes and hits you in the face, and breast cancer comes knocking on your door, you realize that half the things you thought you had figured out go out the window, man. Mm. Four years ago, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. I had money in the bank. Our house was paid off, Rolexes, Corvettes. But I realized all those intangibles weren't going to help her and definitely weren't going to save her life. So I realized quickly I had to take a look in the mirror and just really see who is Daniel Gomez. And the sad part about it, but the good part was, Jay, I realized I didn't like myself, but I realized that I had the power within Christ to change who I was.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, that's that's a—and I appreciate you sharing that uh, with us because, uh, you know, sometimes people look at others and they, they see the glamour and they see the success and they see the smiles, right? And especially with social media today, it's easy to jump to the conclusion and that person that you're looking at has it all together, life is perfect, things are beautiful, but they don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And sometimes, like in your situation, real struggle, a real challenge, and it forced you to have a hard look at your life. So let me ask you what inspired you to begin the journey that you're on of impacting lives because you come from a corporate background you you know you 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 made headwaves there as an employee and then you you pivoted in a way to do the things that you're doing today podcasting authoring uh speaking global presence but what inspired you to begin that journey of impacting lives
1: Well when I when I really looked in the mirror and I didn't like who I was Jay that's where the journey began Because I realized that I was a very selfish individual, even though, you know, I mean, we had some great times with the family and it was good, but my relationships were not as healthy as they should be. Mm -hmm. And I think when I really assessed the fact that my wife had breast cancer and and not that it was my fault, but it had a lot to do with what I did, right? Because I'm real, I'm that D personality, that driver. Let's win. Let's get it done, right? Let's, let's, let's make it happen a day. And you just, you live with that. 24 seven, especially being in, in the automotive industry and sales and running a team of 100 people. Mm-hmm. So you bring that attitude home and, and next thing you know, you're suppressing all your all your family members, my son, my daughter, my wife. And when I really took a step back and assess what had happened in our lives, I was like, man, like, I'm impacting my family in the wrong way. And I really just had to look inside and really bring some inner healing within myself. And when I realized like, wow, like, there was a lot of junk inside of me. And once that started coming out, Jay, it just really helped me to realize that if I felt this way, like you just said, there's many other people out there that, that need it. And I think this is this is where the 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 rubber hit the road for me. It's I was carrying a lot of shame and guilt. And I think as I really realized that, I realized that there was hundreds and thousands of men and women out there who are living the facade that I was living to a point to where – that shame that guilt that regret was helping them was keeping them from being that leader that business owner that individual that god created them to be because nothing stops you from succeeding and excelling in life is like unforgiveness right we don't yeah. forgive ourselves so i think when i really what really inspired me was my wife just seeing her go through her eight major surgeries breast cancer reconstruction she had a double mastectomy and when she got a she she had a depression stage where it's like I had to honor my vows. Was I going to be a man and man up and take care of her? Or was I going to stay working? And I, I chose to resign and I had to honor my wife and honor my vows. And I took care of her, Jane. And that's where the journey began.
0: That's amazing, man. And I think a lot of people right now, as you're listening to the story, they are already touched by what you, or the decision that you made, because it's not a, it's not an easy decision. It's probably a decision that many wouldn't have made. But that's a blind spot, right? Not being able to forgive yourself, it's a blind spot. And I'm glad you brought that up because I know one of the things you talk about uh, are blind spots, how blind spots in life and and in business can affect your results. And unforgiveness certainly is a blind spot, not being able to forgive yourself or experience uh, forgiveness um, or being an unforgiving person is a blind spot. So let's talk about what are some of the blind spots that, that in life and in business that can hold people back from living that life they want to live and having those results that they're they're seeking?
1: Well, there's a big one right now, Jay, and it, it's called performance. We're so performance-based, and what I mean by that is it's always go, 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 perform, 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 next milestone in business, new revenues, new profits, and it's great, right? I get it. But many, many corporations, many businesses – they run over their employees. They run over their people just to obtain that bottom line. And whenever mm-hmm. you put profits before people, it, it's only a short-term lived. It's not going to live as long. And that's why people – that's why right now over 70% of employees were disengaged prior to COVID last year in 2020. And the amazing thing about it is the people answered their own question, right? The world answered it. When you leave me alone and you let me do what I was created to do, that's why more businesses were profitable but their employees working from home because you, had, you didn't have those insecure leaders micromanaging them and having to have their control sessions going on and disengaging them. And it was actually just doing more harm than good. So I would say to know that, hey, guess what? You don't have to perform every day.
2: Mm.
1: When, you, when, when, when you're in performance, you, you, you don't reflect. You don't enjoy the journey. You don't really celebrate your wins in life. And I think one of the blind spots leading, one of the byproducts of being performance basis, you don't celebrate who you are. You don't take time to say, you know what, great job, Jay, man, you're doing an amazing job with your show. No, who else I need to get on my show, right? You never celebrate that that big A guest that you have on there. And it's, it's really a hindrance because when you really reflect and enjoy and celebrate your wins, that's where the gratitude comes in. And that's where God says, yo, Daniel gets it, Jay gets it. Now I can give them more. And if we don't have that gratitude in our hearts, it leads, right? It comes from mm-hmm. that from that performance space, from those line spots. And it's like, no, you got to celebrate your wins and be grateful. And when you do that, that's the increase for more gratitude. If, you, if your audience gets anything from this session, from this episode, it's gratitude is the key to increase. Gratitude is the key to promotion in business and in life.
0: That's a great point, brother. And you're right. You you're on the go, especially if you're an ambitious driven person. You're always looking for the next journey, the next, um, the next experience. And you don't take a time. You don't take the time rather to stop and be grateful for what you've accomplished because you're always looking for the next accomplishment. And that is, brother, a blind spot that many of us, including myself, oftentimes get hit with hard. But I want to take a couple of in the last couple of minutes of our segmenting our first segment let's talk about balance because you mentioned reflection and, and finding balance is certainly a key component of success at uh, finding balance in life and in business requires time for reflection. You just mentioned that, but why is this so critical and why is it that most people don't practice reflection?
1: Well, I'll tell you this, it's because of their, that it goes back to the performance, right? And I'll tell you last November, I had a freak accident. I was jogging outside. I've been jogging. I'm 47 years old. I'm revealing my age, which is totally cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I tripped. I tripped while running, a freak accident. But while I tripped on my own self, I I landed on a trash can, bounced off the trash can. Needless to say, I almost broke my foot and I couldn't walk for almost three months. Wow. I had crutches. I had a, a little scooter. And you talk about like God slowing your tempo down because I wasn't li- I wasn't listening, right? I was, I was being performance based but I did something that really I think a lot of people need to do is get your cell phone out at this moment and go back and look at all the pictures you have in your phone and make a little video right there's there's an app called quicks or quick there's several little video apps out there that you put pictures in there and it gives you music and I was feeling sorry for myself at that day Jay I really was it was about a uh, actually two or three weeks and one day I woke up and just happened to remember that app I had and started uploading pictures. And, but you know, the more I uploaded pictures, the more I feel better about myself.
3: Mm.
1: God says, look at what you've done, dude. Mm. Look at what you've done. And I was like, wow, I did that. And then I started crying when I came to July because in July during COVID, we had an amazing sticker shock speaking Academy here in San Antonio where speakers came in from all over the country and we trained them to become paid speakers. And, I say that because I felt like a failure because I wasn't ending 2020 the way I wanted to. But once I really just felt like the gratitude that, wow, God entrusted me with the speaking academy, with Sticker Shot, most people, like, they can't be entrusted with anything of that caliber. And not just saying that it was me, but just the fact that, like, I'm training speakers. Like, wow, like, it just, it, it hit me. And I stayed there on my couch crying for about, an hour, yeah, you know, just reflecting, and then that opened my heart to really say it's been an amazing year, and I truly believe that because I allowed myself to reflect and really celebrate it. That God says you get it now, and we had a record-breaking December because I really reflected, and and I think most people don't reflect because they, they this is a, this is the key is is you you keep measuring yourself to somebody you're not. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? You keep trying to measure yourself to Jay, you try to measure yourself to 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 Tony Robbins. You keep trying to measure yourself to Ed Milet. And you keep measuring yourself to other people in your in in your circle. If you're in, in if we do life insurance, maybe it's a top life insurance producer. Maybe it's the real estate, you know, you try to measure up to the top real estate agent. I've been doing it for twenty years and you just started a year ago. Right. There's no comparison there. The the plane is different. It's a different playing field. So the reason people don't reflect is because They're too busy trying to compete Mm. and measure up to somebody that they're not. And that's the worst thing you can do in business, Jay.
0: I want to talk on the other side of the break here because that leads into what I call fatal thought flaws. When you have an unhealthy comparison that doesn't serve you, uh, it actually uh, limits you and, and destroys you and handicaps you more than most people understand. Let's dive into that after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available. Thrivology, action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making title waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejaymamey.com. 71%
2: of new hires say that the training they received did not make their new role easy to understand, and that led them to feeling disconnected at work. Well, that's probably because, according to the talent equation, companies spend more money on coffee than training annually. I'm Andy Steary, owner of Impact Training. We specialize in helping your company create meaningful training content based on the nine impact pillars of training. Reach out at impactctc.com and let's find what your company needs to elevate your training program to the next level. I can't make any promises about your coffee, though.
4: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
2: I'm an old guy who takes really good
3: care of himself. When I found your product, I was really glad because if the fruits and vegetables aren't available in the stores, this product is there but also for the emergency storage situation if it should be needed when uh, fresh fruits and vegetables are not available through the supply chain. So I'm 75 years old and, you know, I pump iron, you know, walk five miles uphill. I feel a lot younger than I actually am and balance of nature has something to do with that.
4: Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call one 800 2468 751 Or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code Dallas.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the J Mamie Talk Show. Having a fantastic conversation with Daniel gomez our uh, one of our featured guests today Daniel we left off talking about fatal thought flaws and that's one of those areas where people can become almost like victim to because they don't recognize when those thought flaws are happening they embrace them as if they're normal flaws and it creates chaos in their lives so in your observation what would you say are the fatal thought flaws that prevent more people from, from growing and, and, and advancing and winning. Well, it's this, it's, they, they
1: get to a level of success in their own thought patterns. Right. And what I mean by that is I call it the value system. We all have a V and an S on our chest and the way we value ourselves in that value system that dictates takes how we make decisions and how, how we perceive when people approach us with advice or help. And so many times a fatal thought flaw is this is they're like, well, my thought, my, and my thought is that my ego and my pride keep me from hearing that next level of growth of success. When you reach that level of prominence or that level of influence, you think you know it all. And once you think you know it all, you start to die and go backwards, right? Because if you're not progressing, you're regressing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you have that, I know it all mentality, I got off the phone call earlier with, with a potential client. And I'm like, well, it sounds like you don't need my help because you have all the answers. And he just goes, well, no, I, I do need your help. But we do it instinctively, right? Because when you squeeze an orange, what do you get? Orange juice. When you squeeze Daniel and Jay under pressure, what comes out? Because who you are under pressure, under that stress level, that's who you really are at the core. And one of our fatal thought flaws is that we allow that pride and ego to think that we know everything. Mm. In reality, we don't, we all Mm. need help, Jay. We all need help. And the very fact that your pride gets in the way to ask for help in a humble, in a humble way, that, that keeps you from growing because the, the pride, the ego says, well, what do they know? What does Jay know? I know it already. Or how can he help me? And we come from a place of judgment. So I think it's two things, right? Your ego and your pride flare up and that thought flaw, is there and then, right? You you that that thought law of judging people. Well, what can he do for me and then, or she do for me and then it's you never, you never ask for help or reach out and you'd be surprised and you never know, right? You never know what somebody can offer you because everybody has a gift. Everybody in this world has a blessing inside of them, a spirit of excellence, and they all have a gift that's been given from God. And when you really take the time to know somebody at a deeper level. You're like, wow, I never knew you did that. And guess what? That opportunity you've been wanting, you've been judging that person that's in front of you, but you don't see it because your ego and your pride doesn't allow you to.
0: Speaking of ego and pride, which I completely agree, that is what probably out of the biggest or one of the top three thought flaws that fatal thought flaws that can prevent anybody from being successful. Pride, ignorance, arrogance, um, all of those three, uh, those are like three incredible enemies that you can battle with every day that will uh, will always cause you to lose whatever you're looking to win in life. But since we're talking about ignorance and since we're talking about um, having this sense of, of pride, let's turn that into where you specialize in, which is corporate coaching, executive coaching, right? Because I think in that, in, in that world, what hinders a lot of those companies from success is an air of arrogance, is an air of pride, a, a failure to see where there are deficiencies. So since you're a very successful business and executive coach, if a company is looking to scale, apart from operationally, what needs to be also happening at the leadership level long before any successful scaling can occur in your observation?
1: Well, they have to own their behavior. That's easy. Right? you got to own your behavior. right? Leadership behavior is role modeled without even wanting to it, wanting it to be or not to be. We said again, leadership behavior is role modeled through the entire organization. So if you don't take ownership of your own behavior and you don't really lead by that example, how do you expect your team to really follow suit? We want to hold them accountable to a standard that we're not even holding ourselves accountable. So it goes back to really role modeling a behavior that needs to be role modeled and then taking accountability for your actions and, and being that that person that you want to see within your team member with you want to see within your with your organization and I think so many times when we get to that le- level of prominence and success we stand on top of the mountaintop and we never come down we never come come out of our offices or we the, another terminology maybe that I use in my trainings is we don't get in the trenches with them anymore because mm-hmm. we don't want to get dirty. Mm-hmm. We don't want to get dirty. And, and then we start taking these two hour executive lunches. And then, you know, you know what the saddest part about it is once they get there, this, this is what really happens is I've met so many executives that are just have a scarcity mindset and they do the opposite of that. They have a, a micromanaging mentality. They want to approve everything. And why didn't you run this by me? And if it's not my idea, it's not a good idea. And that comes from a scarcity lack mentality. And there's so many VPs and executives that, that operate their organizations from that point. And that needs, you need to change, you, you need to have a more of an increased mindset, an abundance mindset. And then there's, there's the other third leg of that, that where they, they've spent their whole life being this person that they weren't created to be. They, they're, they're in that position because their mom wanted them to be a lawyer, their dad wanted them to be this because their grandpa was this. I see it all the time. And they co- climb this corporate ladder. And then they look, and they look down, and they're like, man, I'm on the wrong ladder. Mm. I'm at the highest rung there is, and I'm still not happy. So that sense of unfulfillment makes, since they're miserable, guess what? They want to make everybody else's life miserable. And it's just a healing process that, that I do. A lot, of these co- a lot of these executives just need to know that you don't, your, your title doesn't make you who you are. It's who you are without your title. That's where true fulfillment comes in, Jay. Mm. So there's so many, so many aspects, but I would say those are the, the top three, right? Okay. Know that you have to, that you, that leadership behavior is role modeled. Right. And and really see it from that aspect. And then really just, are you getting in the trenches with your team? Are you, are you, are you not leading, right? Are you leading from afar? Oh, I can't get my hands dirty anymore. No, get in the trenches with your team. And then, then be really like the last one is really just know that, hey, am I really just, Operating from a lack mentality, from a scarcity mindset. And that's just, I see it. I see it all the time. And you'd be surprised because the thing is this is whenever you talk to somebody and I kind of laugh inside because I, I say I laugh because it, you, you see right away they flare up like that, like that clownfish because they want to be defensive and be like, no, I got this under control. But in reality, they're crying for help. And you'd be surprised how many messages I get on LinkedIn that say, man, Daniel, your post really just spoke to me. hmm can we we talk? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you know, what you're saying to me, thank you for talking to me that way because since I'm at that level of leadership, no one talks to me that way and I need to hear it because that word that you just said, like, wow, it speaks to my heart. Because think about it, right? If, If we're the employee to say and we see a person of prominence that leads us, we inside we don't want them to be weak because we need them to lead, but they're scared to show their weakness because what if they're what, what they looked down upon after that? And I can tell of anything in the leadership aspect we're talking about right now, as a leader, open your heart, be vulnerable. It's not going to hinder your organization. It's going to help it tremendously because when you do it, that next level of upper leadership is going to see that, like, wow, I'm not a wimp. I'm not real men do cry. Real women do shed tears. It's okay. And I think when you open your heart to that, point in your life where you realize that i'm not happy something needs to change but it all starts with your heart not in your mind and sometimes we got to think with our heart in leadership jay
0: that's lots of wisdom in what you just shared there daniel especially as you finished it off we have to think with our heart that's beautiful in our last minute here i'm going to ask you for rapid fire because we've got one minute to go but in my show i have a tradition where my featured guest spotlights they leave us with three critical takeaways Sort of like Daniel Gomez says Welcome this, back Daniel to Gomez Thrive that, Daniel Gomez says as The other, what would be the three Daniel Gomez says that you are leaving with us today?
1: Ooh, that's easy. You're getting me fired up right now. This is Daniel <laughs> Gomez inspires. And I'm saying to you right now, if no one's ever told you they believe in you, Daniel Gomez says, I believe in you. And like Daniel Gomez says you are worthy and you are deserving of success. And Daniel Gomez says that you were born to fly because you weren't born to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. You weren't born to be average. You were born for greatness. And that's what I want to leave you with today, brother.
0: That oh, is, boom, baby, boom. That's right. Let me, hey, brother. Let me, let me hear that clapping sound there. You got a clapping sound in the back, audience Woo! sound. In the back. That's right. Let's do that, yeah. <laughs> Let's do this today, Jay. <laughs> hey, Daniel, we appreciate you being on the show, brother. We're going to put up all your information at our site. We're going to put up a link to your not only your personal page but also to your book. Uh, you Were Born to Fly is an international bestseller. I recommend everyone read that book. And we're going to have you back again to continue to share with us your wisdom. You have always have an open mic on our radio program, brother. Appreciate you being here today. Hey, Jay. Thank you for having me so much. It's been a, so much fun. And thank you for allowing me to pour into your audience. And
1: this is Daniel Gomez saying thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in.
0: Thanks, folks. We're going to be right back after the break. Why are so many of our young people lost and not living up to their full potential? As parents, it's difficult for us to watch our children this way, unsure of their future. Opportunities exist for those who prepare to recognize and take advantage of them. Our recent guest, Dr. Alfred Titus, the author of the book, Forward Motion, has empowered people to understand that if you open your eyes and change the mindset of young people and allow them to recognize and take advantage of their full potential, things can change. Please pick up a copy of his book, Forward Motion, The Keys to Progress and Success, available at Amazon.com. My recent guest, Bobby Bryant, CEO and co-founder of DOS, has radically changed the way real estate is done. DOS is a digital real estate marketplace that's radically evolving the way people search and transact homes. Now, you no longer have to search three to five different websites to get information on any given property. You can simply text, type, and ask any question to get accurate information 24-7 a day. Track them down, 877-770-3677 or at AskDOS.com dot com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited about our next guest, Dr. Cheryl Wood, not only is an international motivational speaker, she's a best-selling author, she's a master speaker and development coach for women. But what makes her so special is not the fact that she's received numerous awards and accolades for her work of empowerment with girls and, and women globally, But she's also been featured on ABC, Radio 1, Forbes, Huffington, Post, Essence, Black Enterprise, Good Morning, uh, Washington, a bunch of TV shows, and she's got a bunch of other media outlets that she's been a part of. But it's more important, more important rather, is what she's doing to inspire women is what's grabbing her right now as the premier speaker on that subject matter and has got her speaking all over the world. And we're fortunate enough to have her here on the J. Mamie Talk Show today. Dr. Cheryl Wood, welcome to the show.
3: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Well, we know that there's a lot you've got to to share with us. But before we dive into that, can you just take about a minute and share a little bit about your story?
3: Absolutely. So I am a wife and a mother of three. I have three teenagers. I can't even believe I have teenagers right now. <laughs> uh, and my journey into this whole realm of entrepreneurship started In 2009, after I'd worked for Corporate America for about 15 years as a legal secretary, um, and at that time my kids were were young, you know, they're about two, three, and five, and I just wanted to be more present as a mom. So that really sparked an interest and an intrigue into the world of entrepreneurship because I wanted to be available to them and present for them. I didn't want to drop them off at 6 a.m. in the morning as I had been doing and not picking them up until 6 p.m. at night because mm-hmm. I felt like somebody else was raising my kids. Mm. So it was that whole vibe of, man, I, somebody else sees my kids more than me. They see them 12 hours a day. And then the worst part was when I get to them, I give them the worst parts of me. So I'm grouchy and I'm irritable and I'm frustrated and unfulfilled. Because I'm not even doing the thing that I love to do. I'm just doing the thing that pays the bills. Mm. And that put me on this journey of being curious uh, and, and exploring what else is possible through the world of entrepreneurship.
0: You know, there's, there there's so many that are living and experiencing the very same thing right now. They're frustrated where they're at. Uh, they don't like where they're going. They don't like what they're doing. They don't like who they're doing it with. And they don't like what they're getting paid to do all that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so after so many years in corporate America, why did you decide to leave that stability and predictability of a job and then venture in this into this entrepreneurial unknown? There had to be something that sparked you to do that. Yeah.
3: I mean, other than being a little bit crazy, because um, <laughs> I think everybody who mm-hmm. decides to pursue entrepreneurship, you know, we, we're cut from a different cloth.
0: That's right. Uh,
3: You know, really it was I I had a desire for three types of freedom, time freedom, financial freedom, and creative freedom. Mm. And the reality was that I was not getting any of those freedoms on my full-time job. So when I talk about time freedom, again, I wanted to be able to, to get up and walk my kids and take them up to the school building every day and be there at 3 p.m. when they got out. I didn't want them to be in before care at 6 a.m. and have to stay until 6 p.m. in aftercare. So I was just over that. I wanted to be able to dictate my own schedule. Not to mention, I was tired of having to put in a leave of absence if I wanted, you know, some time off or if I wanted a vacation or whatever it might be. Or even if my kid woke up sick in the morning, I remember having, like, pains in my stomach about the fact that I would have to call out from work because I knew it was going to be a problem. So now I have to debate which one am I going to do, keep the job or stay home and take care of my sick kid. So I wanted time freedom to be able to dictate my own spending of my time, how I spent my time. Then I wanted financial freedom. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a big deal because I grew up in an environment of poverty as a young girl. I didn't come from an environment where they said, Hey, you can be a giant in the world and you can, you know, generate great money. Mm -hmm. So when I came out of the environment of poverty as a young black girl who grew up in that environment, who didn't have a college degree, When I landed that job as a legal secretary making $75,000 a year, I thought I was doing something. And I didn't want to rock the boat for a long time because I'm like, I I should be grateful for being here. But the reality was there was more for me, but I had to be willing to step out and explore what more looked like. And that was a big shift for me. But I was tired of people capping my salary and telling me, hey, this $75,000 a year is all you're going to make because you don't have a piece of paper that says you're good enough. You don't have enough letters behind your name. So I was done with that. I wanted to be able to dictate how much money I bring in a year. And then I wanted the creative freedom part. And the creative freedom was I didn't want to come to a gig every day where, oh, I do the same thing every day the same way, and there's no creativity involved. We were created as humans to be creative. So entrepreneurship, in my mind, was the avenue that was going to allow me to just tap into all of these different parts of who I am, what my abilities and capabilities are, what my talents and skills are and to be creative in touching the world with my own fingerprint.
0: I love that story. And and one of the things that's so obvious to me is that you came to a point when you found your calling and you found your unique voice. I want to ask you when exactly did that happen? I mean, I'm sure it birthed out of frustration. It birthed out of the fact that you knew you were called to do more. Um, But when did you find your unique voice? Because that's exactly what you help other women do. You help them find their unique voice and then express it and monetize it. But when did you find yours?
3: Yeah, it was, it was through starting and, and just being in motion. So it didn't just, I didn't wake up one day and just discover it. I always say, it found me. I didn't find it. Mm. But it was able to find me because I was on a path of discovery and being a, someone who was curious about what else there was. So I actually started a business while I was still working my full time job as a secretary. I started the t shirt business. It was called Moms Are the Best. And I didn't know why the heck I was selling t shirts, Jay. I just knew I was. <laughs> I would try to interrupt my norm and do something different. Mm So I started this business. I would go out on weekends. I would go to vendor events and flea markets and conferences and sell, try to sell these t-shirts. And again, it was a lot of it was frustration. A lot of times I went and there, there was like nobody there or there were events and people wouldn't buy, but I just kept doing it. And I kept saying in my mind, Cheryl, in order to get something different, you got to do something different. Sure enough, 18 months later, I get a phone call from somebody at Morgan State University who heard about the T-shirt business. And they said to me, we'd love for you to come into our annual women's conference and speak so that you can teach other moms here in the community how to start their own businesses. And you know what I did, Jay? I burst out laughing, and I said, clearly, you have dialed the wrong number. You are <laughs> not looking for me. I'm not a speaker. That's not on my radar. And then I rethought it. And I said, Cheryl, this could be the opportunity you've been waiting on. Mm -hmm. You never know where this can take you. So I said yes. And fast forward, that was on September 18, 2010. I went to Morgan State. I spoke as a speaker for the very first time. And I just reminded myself, Cheryl, just be authentically you, and it'll be okay. And I'm telling you, that was the day that I, I learned how powerful my voice was and the fact that I could touch other people's lives with my voice. And I wanted to feel that way. For the
0: rest of my life. That's a wonderful story. And, and I, I'm so thankful that you took the, you had the courage to get on that stage and speak, even though you kind of probably dying inside, but you did it yeah. anyway. Right. And look what uh, the result of that had been, but you said something real powerful and I wrote it down right away. Interrupt your norm. Mm. Now yeah. I want to talk about that because the minute you said that I could almost feel the the, the vibration of fear come right through the microphone here from my listeners because there are so many people out there, especially uh, since we're, since your, your, your audience are predominantly women, uh, that they understand what you just said, interrupt your norm, but then all of a sudden that creates a sense of fear and then fear cripples them from ever taking action. What do you say to that?
3: Mm, you got to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, you're right. When I went to that first speaking engagement uh, in 2010, my palms were sweating. My stomach was in knots. My heart felt like it was going to race out of my chest. But the reality is our greatness is always on the other side of fear. So if you never give yourself permission to face the fear and press through it anyway, you never get to the enlightening side of whatever you're meant to be and who you're meant to be in the world. So, yeah, it's supposed to be scary. If it, if it As I said, every client that I serve, if it don't scare you, it can't grow you. Mm. If it don't scare you, it means you're doing what you're comfortable doing. It means you're doing what you're familiar doing, and there's no growth in that. So, yeah, it should be. And if it's not scary, if there's not some fear attached to it, then you probably are still playing very small.
0: If it don't scare you, it don't grow you. I'm taking notes. See, note-takers and <laughs> <are> money-makers. <laughs> so I'm taking notes. That's fantastic. If, you th- if it don't scare you, it won't grow you. I'm going to write that down. Now, you and I had a chance to chat yesterday um, about the challenges you had in finding balance. One of the things that my, uh, me and my prior speaker on the show were talking about was finding balance. And sometimes you have to address the blind spots in order to find balance. And in your case was, as you said earlier, raising children, you're a mom, you've got three little ones, you're frustrated at work. Let's talk a little bit about for people that are looking to achieve their dreams. Uh, and they're, they've, They've got several roles that they're playing daily, uh but some so from someone who knows exactly how that that feels, how would you encourage another woman who's going through the same season of imbalance trying to find balance?
3: Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, I think number one first of all, understand that you are bigger than your titles and you're bigger than just your responsibilities as a wife and as a mother and as a daughter and whatever other titles you have and responsibilities so you owe it to yourself. Every single one of us owes it to ourselves to pursue our possibilities while we're fulfilling our responsibilities. Because at the end of the day, when we talk about legacy creation, when we talk about using your unique fingerprint to touch other people's lives, that is not connected to your role as a wife, a mom, or your job. It is always only connected to the very gift that you have been given. There's something that you do so well that can't nobody do it the way that you do it. Doesn't matter how many other people trying to do it, they don't do it the way you do. And you owe it to yourself and to the world to offer that gift and to share that. It's it's literally the gift that keeps giving. You know, it's the only gift, the thing that you've been given, that innate talent or skill. It's the only gift that you really do. You get more joy out of giving it away than keeping it. So all of us deserve to have that type of fulfillment and joy in our spirits From knowing what we've been assigned to do and born to do and then giving that thing away so that, as Dr. Miles Monroe said, so that you don't leave this place with everything inside of you. Mm -hmm. Dr. Miles Monroe said that that's the greatest place on the earth is the cemetery. So that's where people take all of their ideas and their goals and their dreams and their knowledge and the masterpiece they were going to paint, the book they were going to write. We've got to get out of a space of I'm going to and simply utilize, maximize our time as best as we possibly can to fit in responsibilities, possibilities, and then I got to throw this in and self-care. And yes, it's possible. We Mm -hmm. all get the same 24 hours a day. The question is, what are you doing with yours? So for me, I'm not sitting and watching five hours of television. Instead, I'm like, okay, if I have five hours, okay, can I spend an hour of nurturing my, my time with my husband and nurturing my marriage? Can I spend another hour of that Uh, taking my kids to Sky Zone so they can have some free time and we can play together. Okay. And then can I take another hour of that and maybe catch a nap? And then the other two hours, guess what I'm doing? Now I'm working on writing the next chapter to the next book that I'm doing. So I am maximizing my time, not wasting valuable time.
0: I love it. And if you don't learn how to develop daily disciplines to maximize your time instead of waste your time, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. So in our last two minutes here, I'm going to ask you a question. I hope that I can get you to answer in two minutes because it's a juicy one. But you've dedicated yourself, actually, in our last minute, let me just rephrase that, you've dedicated yourself to helping women find their unique voice. Why is that important for them to do? And what do you say to the woman right now that's hearing you saying, I don't have a unique voice. What are you talking about? What do you say to that?
3: No one has your unique fingerprint. And the same way nobody has your fingerprint that is unique to you, so is your voice you do have a voice. If you are living and breathing and you have invent through some stuff, you have something to share. Mm-hmm. You have a voice. You have knowledge that somebody else wishes they had access to. So it's time that we take ownership of the fact that, yes, we do have a voice. Your story is never going to look like somebody else's, but it's not meant to. But there's still value in your story and what you've experienced in life and what you've been through and what you've overcome and triumph. There's a story in that. And there's somebody somewhere who is, literally waiting on Mm -hmm. the very thing that you are sitting on. So I would say get out of your own way and reframe that and realize that somebody's waiting on me to show up and to let them know what I know. And that is what we call your voice.
0: You know, I love it. And I couldn't agree with that more. You know, I think most people find themselves self-doubting themselves and their value, and that's a big mistake. Dr. Cheryl Wood, we appreciate you being on the show today. And you always have an open mic here whenever you want to come back and share what your projects are and your new books. You mentioned you've got a book, so obviously I obviously want to hear about that. And when you get it out there, we'll we'll have you back on the show. But we appreciate you being on the show today, Dr. Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. Hey guys, Steve Haru here, founder and CEO of Victory Selling. Just finished up on the Jay Mamie Me Talk Show. And if you're a CEO
4: or sales manager concerned with getting performance out of your sales team, we can help. Our solution
0: is to help you build a sales process that's duplicatable, effective, and works with consumers today for the twenty twenty-one mindset. But where you can find me, victoryselling.com. You can look me up on LinkedIn, happy to connect. And thanks again for having me on, Jay. Hey everyone, Jay Mamie here from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to visit my merchandise store. You can find it at the thejaymamie.com. A number of my inspirational, thought-provoking, action-stoking phrases and quotes that have been so much in demand over the last four or five years now are available in print. You can print them on your favorite coffee mug, print them on a poster, take my thrive-minded content with you wherever you go. Visit my store at the thejaymamie.com.
4: Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time.
0: You know, ever since I started taking it, I've really noticed a change in
3: just how I feel. I feel really great all the time. Uh, you know how sometimes in the afternoon when you've been working, you just kind of feel drained or whatnot. Well, with taking the balance of nature, I don't feel that way. I feel like I have energy all day long. It's, it's just great. It's a great product. And you guys have been great every time I've called. I mean, you guys are just wonderful, and uh, I'm just so thankful that I found your product, and I'm thankful that I have it because, you know, I'll, I'll take it from now on because it just it makes me feel so great. It really does.
4: Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code DALLAS.
0: Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back everyone to the J Mamie Talk Show. In the studio, I have my business spotlight, a really a fantastic gentleman that I've had a chance to meet. And the value of what he's doing for small businesses and their training programs was so unique that I had to have him on the show. Andy Steery is the founder and president of Impact Training. And we've got him on the show today to talk about his program because it is making an impact in the small business community. And you have to have a strong business community training program in order to thrive. That's why he's on the show today. Andy, welcome to the station. Thank you, Jay. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Andy, before we dive into impact training and the good things that you're doing for small businesses and their training programs, can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Absolutely. Um, Growing up, I come from a very large family, a family of nine kids. That's a little unusual. Wow. (laughs) Nine kids, yeah.
0: Your parents designed their own training program. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, they did.
2: Uh, But my dad was an entrepreneur that whole time. He's always owned his own commercial print shop and, him and my mom have worked together, so the entrepreneurial side of things, I've, I grew up with, and mm-hmm. that was a big influence on me. So that's something I've always believed that I can do. And I started my own training company because of that, and I've been onboarded by some of the biggest companies and some of the smaller family-owned companies. And there's good training and there's there's poor training, but mm-hmm. there's always room for
0: improvement. So everyone usually finds um, a reason, or they're driven by some passion, or they're inspired to launch a company. Now, obviously, you come from a, a pedigree of being an entre, of entrepreneurial living and mm-hmm. seeing your dad do it. So it wasn't hard for you to go from an employee to an entrepreneur. But why specifically launch impact training as your entrepreneurial experience? Well,
2: for me, growing up around small business, working for different small businesses, like I said, some of them, some of the smaller businesses have, have good training. They've got good teachers. As I was getting hired and, and working as a new employee for some of these smaller as well as bigger companies, there was always pain points that I would bump into, whether mm-hmm. it was, you know, that's it's not really an engaging training, or maybe there's not thorough explanation. So what I've done with Impact, it started out originally as a sales training. But what I became passionate about is making sure that new hire employees, making sure their pain is reduced through training, through better training, better performance training that not only focuses on the compliance side of things and the theory side of things, but performance and practical training as well.
0: So uh, in your observations, working with small businesses, and our listening audience has a large share of business owners, where do you find the greatest deficiencies or the greatest gaps that exist in training programs Mm -hmm. that are brought forth by companies? A lot of small
2: businesses
0: focus on learn by doing. And a
2: lot of small businesses, I'm, I can say my dad's guilty of this and some of the smaller businesses I've worked for, it's you, – you have a time. You have about a month where you're sitting with somebody, mm-hmm. and they're kind of either narrating what they're doing or you're just sitting and, and learning by doing. And then after about that month, you're cut loose to, mm-hmm. to go learn on your own, and that can be a very painful process.
0: You know, one of the things that I can absolutely agree with is as I've dealt with small businesses in many different degrees, what you said is absolutely true. It is learning by watching, mm-hmm. right? It's oh, in the field. There's very little manuals or mm-hmm. programs that are provided that they can take home and study. So if we're talking about that, then what would be some of the challenges that a small business could face by not having a written, documented training program in place? Uh, and what can go wrong ultimately?
2: Absolutely. That's a great question. Um with that, a lot of small businesses don't really have their new hire process organized. Two of those pillars out of the nine pillar program is systems and tools. So you list explicitly what systems are they going to be using in their new role, what tools. You're setting them up for success from the get-go. I worked for a training uh, company for a while, and my first week I was given about 2,500 leads to call on. And I'm, I'm calling on these leads. I'm sending out emails. I'm on the phone. And I get called into my VP of sales office, and he says, Andy, I can hear you working, and I, I don't see you working. And I had to ask him, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you're not logging anything in Salesforce. Mm. And I had to stop him right there. And I said, sir, no one even told me mm. that we use Salesforce or that mm. I had a login for that. And after he got his jaw off the floor <laughs> and put it back in his face, um, he said to me, this is not the first time this has happened. Major red flag is a new employee. Right? Average turnaround there, you're looking about five, six months in that company.
0: Wow. So I would agree. Uh, actually, I, I I would see why turnaround
2: mm-hmm.
0: retention is a huge benefit in having a good solid training program. Because I know employees get frustrated quickly if they're not uh, if they're not being supported the way they would they Absolutely. would like to, and uh, certainly if they're being blamed for something that they have no no real say in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a training program would be strong. Let's talk about the flip side of that. There's major benefits a major uh, leveraging that you can have from a solid training program. What are some of those that you've seen? Oh, absolutely. Um, some of the major
2: benefits are reduced turnover. Mm-hmm. Some of the major benefits, on average, it takes a new employee one to two years to get into full performance. So a lot of the time, if you have very quick turnover, you're not getting those employees to reach full performance by setting them up for success. What we can do with Impact is, as we look at your, your systems, how they're utilized, what are some of the things how, – how can we take your theoretical training and turn it into practical advice for your new hire? So mm. as your retention reduces or as your retention increases, what you'll have is better-performing employees in the long run, and you're not going to have to spend money on interviewing new hires. You're not going to have to spend money on posting on job boards or, or spending HR time with onboarding processes. So your overall costs are going to go down.
0: I would imagine one of the benefits that you get to keep your best people. Absolutely. They're not going to go anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, they're going to stick around. They're going to stick around. Um, let me ask you this. You started, uh, you created this, this wonderful training uh, aspect of your of your coaching, of, of your company called the Stuckless Program, Stuckless <laughs> Training. Yes. What's the story behind that? And let's talk about those those pillars that are part of that training program.
2: Absolutely. To be completely frank – uh, back when I started the Stuck Less program, what I originally called it was the Suck Less program <laughs> because I wanted companies' training process to suck less. But over time, you know, you realize that's not really professional, so mm-hmm. I added the the tools portion to the systems and tools. Um, and with that, you have your training. When you have a new hire and they're sitting with a trainer, they're getting stuck less through the process, utilizing our nine pillars. So some of those nine pillars, all of the all the pillars that you have a portion that's focused on performance-driven. So the first five, we have systems and tools, and then you have things like cues where you're teaching the new hire how to be more aware of what's going on, so they're not going to stay in that unconscious, incompetent level of learning. They're going to get bumped up to the second where excellent they're, they're aware of some of the questions that they need to ask. Because let's face it, you ask a new hire, you set them through a the very information-dense, very dense portion of training with a lot of information. You're going to ask them, do you have any questions? And if they're honest, they're going to say, well, yeah, I just don't know what questions. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the new hire says, no, I I don't have any questions. And they kind of, the trainer will pat themselves on the back and think, oh, I'm doing a good job. But as you're working through the the performance side of things, we also have soft skills that are built into it, built into this stuck-less process. So with those soft skills, you have things like empathy. And how can we utilize empathy as a seasoned employee to train that new hire. And that's that's built right into the process.
0: So let me ask you, this. you've got a small business owner that's listening to the show right now. And okay. he says, okay, I'm interested, I'm intrigued. Uh, what would be the process? They call you up and, and how does it all begin? Kind of give us a little walkthrough of the experience they would have with you.
2: The website that they can reach me on, it's called impactctc.com, mm-hmm. CTC Custom Training Courses. And they there's a brief survey where they can fill out. You can, you can put your name in, your email, how can I contact you? How many new hires are you looking for that year or this within the next year? And then I have a brief description of your training. After that, after you kind of give me a rundown of what you're doing for training, whether it's, well, sit and learn, learn by doing, maybe, you know, five, 10 sentences, I can reach out to you, schedule a Zoom call, schedule a video conference where we can talk about what you're doing. You can kind of show me some of the training materials you guys are using and then from there, I get to decide, you know, are we a good fit? Is there a way that we can make a substantial impact in your company with our nine Pillars? We can do some gap analysis, and I can show you return on investment. How quick are you going to make your money back, and how much are you going to save within that year? Trimming off a month
0: or two of training. Mm-hmm. And your business is national, right? It, it doesn't have to be – we're here local in yeah. DFW, but your business can be
2: – 100% remote. Okay. Uh, I think that's one of the great things that happened with COVID is – you know, people are now working remotely, and we could do consultation or coaching from anywhere. One of the coaches I work with is based out in Arizona currently, and mm-hmm. he's always on the move. So
0: okay. it's, it's just one of those things. It's getting with the times. Okay. So I want to play devil's advocate because I know the mind of small business owners. <laughs> and I know that uh, they, they're sometimes uh, stubborn, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes they're stuck in their ways, and I get that. So here you have a business owner that's listening to the segment, and he says, "Yeah, I've got a training program. It's good. I don't need to, to have it re, uh, revisited. I don't really know. Uh, I, don't have a, I don't find a, a real strong, compelling reason to, uh, to have it inspected. What do you say to that person, that business owner, that thinks that they're okay, even though they may not have had their training program uh, reviewed in 10, 20 years? Mm-hmm. I would have to ask them, are the systems you guys are using is that still the same as when
2: you know 10 or 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Are you using the same tools? Are you using the same software? Because I guarantee you that's changed. And just like training, you have to evaluate what you're doing and just shy of going out and asking your employees, hey, when you were hired, when you got your training, what went really well and where can we improve? Where's that need? So I would say ask your employees Let's, or even do an anonymous survey.
0: Okay. That's a, good, that's a good starting point. Just ask your employees mm-hmm. how they feel about the training program, because sometimes business owners are so disconnected from the employee experience that they'll, they'll never know what, needs, uh, what changes need to occur until they get in there and start asking questions.
2: Absolutely. Um, you can also see, is it a systematized process? Is it something that we have written down? Is it something that we can replicate? Because there's value in being able to replicate
0: something. So I want to have our listeners continue to follow up with you because we could speak on this for hours, mm-hmm. right? Because we're talking about something that's very vital for a business to thrive. Where could people go and learn more about impact training? On we have a LinkedIn, it's Impact
2: Training and Impact Training Business Solutions and our website, ImpactCTC.com. And you can always email me at info at impactctc.com.
0: And Andy, we're going to have your information up on our website anyhow. So those uh, those folks can visit my website, the com and they can look you up. Andy, I appreciate you being on the show today, brother. Best of luck. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate you very much. Folks, that wraps up our show for today. With another hour of Thrive Time. Make sure that this week that you are entering, you make it the very best Thrive Week you can have. We'll see you next Sunday.